The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, but early in the morning he arrived again in the temple area, and all the people started coming to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and made her stand in the middle. They said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They said this to test him, so that they could have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and began to write on the ground with his finger. But when they continued asking him, he straightened up and said to them, Let the one among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he bent down and wrote on the ground. And in response, they went away one by one, beginning with the elders. So he was left alone with the woman before him. Then Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She replied, No one, sir. Then Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The other night I told you about my first confession and confessing to adultery, which was just a mix-up in words. My mother had, for those who weren't there, my mother had told me not to be dilatory in coming up from school, and age six I got the words mixed up. But tonight we're dealing with a story of real adultery. And it's a story that shows Jesus full of mercy. This week we've been thinking about the mercy of God. We looked at the parable of the prodigal son. And we thought about the mercy the son needed. The mercy the father gave. And the other son who couldn't share the mercy. We looked at the parable of the Pharisee and the publican. The Pharisee who said, I'm a good guy. I can look down on everyone else. And the publican who said, 
Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Last night, we looked at the Beatitudes, the virtues, the things that make us truly happy and truly blessed. The virtues and the attitudes that we have to practice as individuals, as families, and as a parish. Now tonight, we come to a celebration of God's mercy. And I'll start with another confession. When I was a young priest, I went on a retreat organized by an organization in the church known for its orthodoxy and fidelity. And after a week of this very serious retreat, I went to see the retreat master to say thank you. And he sat me down very solemnly and he said, Dennis, you haven't been to confession yet this retreat. I said, I haven't been to you. Perhaps I've been to another priest. Oh, yeah. How often do you go to confession? And I said, as often as I need. And he said, the code of canon law says priests should go to confession every week. And I said, no, the code of canon law says priests should go to confession regularly. I said, if you look at it arithmetically, if I go twice a year, every year, that's regularly. <laughs> but in fact, I go more often. Mm. Do you think you're a greater saint than Francis de Sales, who at times in his life went every day? Not for a moment, but I suspect I'm less screwed up. <laughs> I continued, nor do I think I'm a greater saint than Saint Augustine, who, if he went once in his life, that would have been it. Needless to say, our paths have not crossed since. <laughs> now, the sacrament of reconciliation, the sacrament of God's mercy, has undergone different shifts and changes in the way it has been celebrated over the years. In the early centuries of the church, you only went to confession if you'd murdered someone, committed adultery, or abandoned your faith. And getting back into the church was a complicated and long process, involving sometimes years of public penance. No three Hail Marys in those days. Then when the Irish monks started to re-evangelize Europe after the Dark Ages. They brought into parishes the practice of frequent confession. And that's when people started to go more regularly. 
Fashions come and fashions go. So today someone asked me, so how often do I have to go to confession? So I put my canon lawyer's hat on and said, the church says if you're in serious sin, you have to go within a year. Now, I don't know about you, but if I left my confession to a year, first of all, I'd got all muddled up with everything I had to confess. But maybe more seriously, I wouldn't even be trying to break my habits of sin. And I think most of us are habitual sinners. As I said the other night, I suspect there are no axe murderers or bank robbers among us. I could be wrong. But I think most of us are judgmental. Most of us don't pray enough. Most of us get grouchy, especially with the family. Most of us can be lazy. Most of us could love more. I think I was frightened when I made my first confession. It was all lists and a sense of unworthiness and sin. I would invite you tonight to think of the sacrament of reconciliation as a sacrament of healing and of growth. And we all need healing and growth. Because none of us is perfect, and none of us is in heaven yet. It's all part of a process. And the sacrament is there to help us, maybe to put a mirror up in front of us so that we have to look at ourselves honestly in the light of the gospel. Maybe we have to think of ourselves in the position of the publican. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Maybe we have to think of ourselves in the position of that poor lassie caught in adultery. We don't hear anything about the guy. But she was brought forth and she was shamed. And Jesus reached into her life with his healing touch, with his power, with his forgiveness. And he wants to do the same to us. He wants us to be honest, to be open, to be humble, to be ready to grow. This morning I said Mass for the kids in Cataldo and I apologised at the start for talking like Shrek. <laughs> That's what fourth grade had told me the other day. So it might be hard to go to confession to Shrek, 
So for that reason, Father Kevin has assembled worthy confessors, so no one has to wait too long. Kevin and I were talking earlier today about our own experience of going to confession. And I admitted that as a teenager, I had a dreadful experience. I was, I don't know, 16. I was thinking about going to seminary and I came across a really grouchy priest who started berating me, shouting at me. And as I left the confessional, I was already thinking, I think if I weren't interested in the priesthood, I don't think I'd ever come back. Pope Francis has reminded priests hearing confession that they've not to make it a torture chamber. I think that's why Father Kevin gave us all a good dinner before we came to hear confessions this evening. To put us in a good mood so that we will be adequate ministers of God's mercy. Those words of Jesus in the gospel are ringing in our ears. Has no one condemned you? Neither do I. Go on your way and sin no more. That's what we offer tonight. We're always able to say sorry to God at any time, in any place, in different ways. But tonight, the opportunity is there to go to confession and to hear those words of forgiveness and those words of mercy.